0: I used to do this, uh, but I used as I was telling Brother Flynn a little while ago. Um, I used to teach IT, and I feel like I knew that material a lot better than what I know this material. So I feel woefully inadequate to be standing up here teaching this lesson. Um, but we're going to start in our our uh, text this morning is in First Samuel twelve twenty four. So if you got your Bibles, and you want to turn First Samuel twelve twenty four. Just one verse, pretty short. Reads, only fear the Lord. And serve him in truth with all of your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. So I'm going to start with a little bit of an introduction. I think I, most of you know me. I think I know most of you. Um, but I don't think most people know kind of how I started or where I came from. So I won't go through my entire history. Uh, you'll be thankful for that. Um, we'll just kind of talk about where I started more in service kind of as an adult, and um, in, in the church, right? So about eight years ago, we joined Hillcrest Baptist Church in El Paso, Texas. Um, so we, we started there, kind of new to the church, new to the area. We had uh, been out of church for a little while. Um, and so we'd there, been there about three months. About three months, one of the assistant pastors came and kind of in passing had asked me um, if I was interested in serving somewhere. I said, yeah, I was interested in serving. Um, I said, I just told him it would probably have to be the right fit, right? So I didn't want to be somewhere where I wasn't, you know, suited like a choir or something. Uh, so, so anyway, so when passing on to Sunday, I think after service, he, uh, he said, what do you think about hospitality? And I said, hmm, hospitality, if that's being in front of people and shaking hands, kissing babies and talking. I'm not sure that that's really where I'm best suited. Um, and so this was kind of just in passing. So I kind of told him, I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe that's not the best fit. Um, and I told him, I said, I, I prefer to be kind of in the back. I prefer to do the heavy lifting, um, and not be in front of people and talking. Um, I did that for my job. So I was standing in front of talking people all day long. So I was kind of more comfortable, um, in that church environment, not being in that position. Uh, there's plenty of work to do and I figured I was be- better suited there. So he told me to think about it and pray about it. Um, and and so I did, and uh, all, all, my, all my inner uh, qualms, all my concerns, all my fears, kind of were just less than what I expected them to be, right? Less than what they were when you first asked me, um, which was kind of interesting. So I, I stepped out in faith. I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll take over hospitality for a church. And again, this is a church of probably 750 regular members. Um, so you're talking about quite a few people. Um, I was teaching classes at 10, 20, um, all military guys, so I knew my audience pretty well. Um, so this was a little more daunting. Um, so I told him, I said, I, I of course, gave him uh, an agreement with conditions, right? Because um, this is how the Lord works, right? So I said, no problem. I will coordinate. I will, um, I will tell people, um, you know, where to be, when they need to be there. I'll try to find fill-in. I'll try to make sure the, you know, the, rain, the trains run on time. Okay, sure, he said. I took that, and, and I think he, he did it with a little bit of a smile. I think he knew. Um, at that moment what was going to happen, because in a few short weeks, um, I was in front of the doors of the church, each service, and we ran two services at that church, uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing exactly all the things that I didn't want to be doing, right? Um, so I, that, was, that, was a pretty, um, that was a pretty important thing, because that whole thing had a, a pretty big impact um, on, on kind of who I've come to be, or how, how I've grown since that So, with that introduction, we're going to jump into the notes and a slight bit of an admin note. We're actually going to start on point two. Um, So, point two on the second page. So, we're talking about the qualities of a servant. And we're going to start with the outward qualities of of a servant of the Lord. So, I was looking over this this past week, week or two, um, and... I, I understand why it was stru- uh, constructed the way it was in constructed way before I got the, the information. Um, I just, I find it difficult to know where you're going, right? Everything starts from the heart, or right? everything starts from the inward out, right? So it's, that's, that's clear, but it's hard to know what it's supposed to look like at the end, so to know where you're going. So we want to look at, I'm, I'm doing it this way because I want to look at what it looks like at the end, and then we'll look at how we get there. So kind of make sense? All right, so outward quality of the servant of the Lord. The first one seems pretty self-evident to me, which is um, obedient in action. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, all right, so uh, it's self-evident because you can't really consider yourself to be a servant of the Lord if you're not going to obey what he has you to, to obey. All right, so that to me seems pretty self-evident. Um, and so we see that kind of broken out when we look at um, Luke 17, 7 through 10. Um, and I think this is pretty, it's a pretty great passage and it gets pretty in depth um, when, you, when you kind of get all the way into it. So Luke 17, 7 through 10 reads, But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, by and by, when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meat,' and will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith may I may sup.'" and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants, and we have done that which was our duty to do. So I was reading over this as preparing um, this week and um, I had to read through this passage a couple times because this one it, it just took a little while for me to decipher all the way and so I'm going to break it down a little bit and so we're look at the first two verses right the main character um, is listed as master so but I'm going to refer to him as a boss because I think that applies better to most people's life and you can kind of correlate that a little better so the boss gives a task right he's given he's got a, an employee he's got a worker and he's told him he, these are the things you need to do right so Um, In this passage, we're talking about plowing, feeding the cattle, and then providing a meal. So he's told, those are the things he has to do for the day. So with Jesus going through, he's talking about this. um, He he makes it kind of clear and obvious. If you had an employee and you gave him a a list of tasks, after he finishes the first task, you wouldn't give him a break. You wouldn't give him the rest of the day off. You wouldn't say, good job. You did this one thing that I told you to do. Great. No, that's expected, right? He's he's told you what to do. You've done the one thing. Now you have to keep doing the rest of the things that you've been told. You don't celebrate him. You don't get a reward at work for doing what you've been told, right? That makes sense? Okay, so he's ex- so the first two verses are talking about the expectations and kind of how he's approaching that. So And that's that's common sense, right? The boss, I, I give tasks to like my guys all, all day long. I don't pat them on the back. I don't make a big deal when they do the thing that I told them to do. Right. So in the third verse, he goes on to and talks about that praise piece, um, and I like that word "tro." That stuck out to me, um, and it means think. Right. So it's, it's I think not that you would rec- do this recognition. Right. So it, I that I, I just stuck out to me. I thought that was good. Um, and so then in the last verse, we get to the application. Right. And this is where um, it kind of gets tough when when you start thinking about it in depth. Um, we're not praised, we're, we're expected to do what we're commanded to do. That's expectation. Um, and in the verse, it talks about um, let me find it, I'm sorry. The, um, I'm sorry, that's the fourth verse. So what we're commanded, I'll talk about that in a second, I skipped a part. Um, so what we've been commanded. So as we apply this to ourselves, what have we been commanded? On a very basic level, what we've been commanded to do, uh, two things that stuck out in my mind was be in church, right? Hebrews 10, 25 says not forsaking for the assembling ourselves together as a manner of some is. Um, so I read that and I've always translated that for me and my family is when the church doors are open, you're there um, as often as possible whenever it's not, you know, whenever there are anything, any other uh, requirements that you can't you know, miss, then you need to be in church anytime the doors are open. Um, and the other one would be go and tell from Matthew uh, twenty eight nineteen, And that reads, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So two basic commandments that we're expected to do, right? And that, so on Saturday we have visitation, but that's not, that's not. this doesn't say go to visitation, right? It says go and tell. So that means in your daily life, that means in your comings and goings, that means at work, that means wherever you're at, when you have the opportunity, that's what you're expected to be doing, right? And not to be praised for it, not to be, you know, honored or recognized for it, but that's what we should be doing. Um so then we get to that fourth verse um, that I was talking about a little, a little while ago, um, and then we talk about how we carry that out, right? So we, we talk about what we're expected to do, um, and in that verse, it talks about we are unprofitable servants. We have done that, which was our duty to do. And unprofitable in the Greek um, means useless, good for nothing, which I think is, you know, cuts to the quick. It's, it's pretty convicting there when you're talking about doing just what is required, being useless, being good for nothing right? That's the minimum standard. So that, that kind of leads into this next verse where it's talking about, um, in Matthew five forty one, and whoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with them twain, right? This is where we get that go the extra mile phrase that we've, we've all heard growing up. So we're, we're commanded to do things. And then the Bible tells us here very clearly, we're expected to go beyond, right? So when you kind of think about that and when you apply that, that's, that's pretty convicting that just doing what we're required to do that's where, that's where everybody's at. That's the minimum standard. So you're, you're not meeting a mark, you're not meeting you know, a goal by just doing the standard. The actual goal is to go above and beyond that and to look for those different things. Um, so anyway, so we can conclude in the actions part, we're gonna move on from actions, that's uh, the first part, but we can conclude um, that we're supposed to be doing what we're commanded. We're not supposed to expect the praise or recognition for doing what we've been commanded. And then we're supposed to be going on the, uh, beyond the minimum. So we have those those first three, and then we add to that this next passage, which is Titus two nine. Titus two nine reads, "Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and please them please them will, I not right? And please them well. Excuse me. In all things, not answering again. So the key to this verse is that last part, not answering again what that directly translates to is, uh, is without talking back, without complaining. Um, and so the first thing that came to mind when I was reading this was, thought, was teenagers, right? Having, I have small kids, um, and they're talking back currently, right? They're, they're trying to get away with it at least. Um, so if you think about, right, whether you have teenagers, whether you've been a teenager, or you currently have small kids, I think we've, everybody's dealt with or sort of been guilty of this part, right? So, so not only are we supposed to do everything we're expected to do, we're supposed to go beyond the minimum then we're supposed to do it without complaining, right? So we got three, kind of three large things there, Um, and then we put that together, (coughs) we kind of summarize that, excuse me, we summarize that in, uh, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22 through 24, it says, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men knowing that the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So this leads us, so not only does this wraps up what we just kind of covered as far as the action part in obedience, um, it kind of leads us into the next point. And the next point um, is uh, diligence and duty. So diligent in his duties. Can't, can't be diligent, right, without, without singleness of heart kind of have to have as a heart in order to be diligent because if you have um, other other thoughts or other motivations or other desires, then you, you won't be diligent, you'll be doing something else, you'll be focused on doing other things and you won't be giving your best to whatever it is you're doing in front. Um, so, and this is, diligence I think um, is kind of a hard thing to e- explain in, in depth or in great clarity, um, but it's better exemplified. And so Nehemiah I think is a good example of this. Um, as Nehemiah, he was uh, two kind of two major things. He was a cupbearer um, for the king that he was a, a servant to. So a cupbearer is a, an individual who um, kind of ends up becoming a confidant. They're the ones that are trusted to ensure the king isn't poisoned, um, you know, kind of protects the king and does, does those kind of things. So he served as a cupbearer, and then he was also entrusted with building the walls of Jerusalem. Right. So he took his team, and despite all of the, the trials, the threats, um, the concerns that they had in, in people who didn't want the walls to be built, um, they still got the, the, the work done, excuse me, the work done in, in 52 days, right? And so it, it says in the Bible and in, in, in the notes that I was reading that they had to do that while they were at the ready. So that means they had their arms. Basically, um, I kind of translate that to they, um, they were building a wall with one hand and holding a sword or holding a spear or a shield in the other hand. Um, so if you imagine the work they had doing the incredible laborers at that time in building a wall um, and doing that one-handed, that's that's pretty, that's pretty significant, right? And Nehemiah attributes to the, the team as because the people had a mind to work or a heart to work, um, and you can find that in Nehemiah 4.6. So you've got the obedience and actions, diligence to duties. Um, and the only way you can really be diligent is if you're faithful, right? So the next point is faithful and his responsibilities. So you can't be diligent if you're not faithful. You can't be considered diligent if you're not there, right? You're not present all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Um, so in this, in, in the faithful piece, we look at 1 Corinthians 4.2, um, and it's faithfulness is required. It's, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Faithfulness is required in stewards. And will be rewarded, as we see in the latter part of Matthew 16, 27, um, as it reads, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. So faithfulness required and and will be rewarded, but it is required. All right. So now we're going to flip back, right? So that kind of covers the outward. So we kind of know, we kind of see what service kind of looks like and what we need, what we need to do, right? We need to be, be obedient need to be diligent, we need to be faithful in what we're doing in order to, to be a servant of the Lord. <clears throat> so now we go back to the front, so the front page um, back in the front. and we talk about the inward qualities of a servant of the Lord. So we start off by looking at the inward with Mark 10:45. Uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ personally reflected on a, the, as the perfect example of being a servant. Um, in this verse, where he says, "Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all of your heart, for consider how great things He hath done for you." So, when you consider that, when you're talking about this, the the very first point there, letter A, is wholehearted, wholehearted of service. And so, it's it's easy to see what, where the wholeheartedness and why we we would be wholehearted in our service when you consider and and Mark ten forty five. Um, how great jesus has done all the great things that jesus has done for us right so sending a son or being the son sent um being obedient unto death on the cross um i think that's that's pretty that's pretty significant obviously um and you know should compel us i think um to serve wholeheartedly to you know to to not be not be split in our focus um and the bible has has a bit to say about that as well um as as far as um being wholehearted, right? So in Joshua 22, 5, but take diligent heed to the commandment of the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So it's covered in the Old Testament. It's also covered in the New Testament in Matthew six twenty-four, where it says very, very straightforward. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. So there's, there's we know there's some examples of that, right? There's examples in our own history. Um, there's, there's people who've been tried for treason and despised. Um, and then in the Bible you've got um, Absalom, who was David's son who tried to overthrow him. And then um, you've got probably the most clear example, which would be Judas Iscariot, right? So Judas Iscariot and his betrayal of Christ. Um, so you can't serve two masters. You have to be wholeheartedly in your approach. <coughs> excuse me, I've got this nagging cough for last week okay, so we know we, we need to take the approach of wholeheartedness um, but the next question would be where does that motivation come, right, so we know we have to do everything, we have to give our whole heart but that, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're always motivated, right you can have your whole heart and still not be motivated so where does our motivation come from um, and that's letter B, motivation is from love, right, loving and we see that in Galatians 5.13 says, but by love serve one another. So we need to be loving. We need to love those people that we're serving, right? Which isn't always easy, but it's what we're being told to do. Um, so again, we go back to that's what we're commanded. So doing the minimum, that's what we're commanded. Um, that's, you know, there's no, there's no reward, right? There's nothing extra for, for loving the people um, that we're called to love um, in service. So obviously the example there in loving is, is Jesus, right? That we just talked about as far as going to the cross. Um, dying our and selflessly being perfect um, and none of us, all of us being his enemy at the time right none of us being deserving of that love okay so we've talked about wholeheartedness we've talked about loving and the third point we have is doing all of that so wholeheartedly loving and doing it with humility which is tough easily said to be tough because When you're in that position when you're serving right you have this ability of look at all that i'm doing look everything that i've done look i'm doing this this for the lord look lord i'm doing all of these things and i'm still going through this problem i'm still having these issues i'm still having this trial or this difficulty and so and that's where the humility comes in this is where we have to to be reminded and we have to keep in mind um that we're we're called to be humble um in this and we see that um in mark 33 and 34 um and it's kind, of, it's kind of exemplified where Jesus catches the disciples, right? They're in a dispute, as it says, or basically a debate. The disciples all sitting around where Jesus wasn't there, and they were, uh, they were discussing who was the chiefest among them, right? Oh, I'm the best. No, oh, I'm the best because of this and that. Um, and so when Jesus walks up to them and, uh, and he catches them, they were all silent, right? So they were, they were sitting there, and he asks them, well, what do you debate? No one had anything to say. Um, And so they they obviously felt a little bit of conviction, a little guilt there. Um, And he directly then, um, in chapter 10, uh, where he explains um, to them, so he answers this question about who is the chiefest among them. And and he says uh, very clearly, uh, the chiefest among the group will be the minister, the servant of them all. So the chiefest, and and Jesus exemplified this, right, in the washing of uh, the disciples' feet, um, most notably, where, the chiefest, the lead among them, is the one who is serving them, the one who is doing the lowliest job, the one who's doing it without, you know, recognition, without fanfare, without anything. He's just quietly going about doing, um, doing the task. So I, th- I thought that was that was pretty good. Where that that passage actually talks about this piece of humility and, and that uh, I was reminded about this passage, and it kind of brought a smile to my face. Where uh, how often have we been in that position where we're all talking about something, or maybe. Unfortunately, hopefully not talking about someone who then shows up and you know, oh, feel a little bit of guilt, feel a little bit of concern there as you have to quickly try to pivot um, and uh, talk about something else because you've been caught. Right? Okay. <coughs> so, humility. So, wholehearted service, loving, humility, and then we have to pair with all those things. If that wasn't hard enough, then we have to do it with joy. We have to be joyful. Right. And uh, and the psalmist puts this pretty plainly in Psalms 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Right. Everything that we do for the Lord is, is service. So everything we, we do should be done with gladness. Right. And uh, I was looking through and I couldn't I couldn't seem to track it down. I listened to a, a sermon at one point in time that talked about having a, a good countenance or having a, a happy face. Basically, it was translated to. Um, so that's letter D is joyful. Sorry. Um, so I, I couldn't seem to find it. I was scouring through and, and doing all the searching I could do. I couldn't find it, but um, I, remember, I remember that particular sermon um, particularly because um, I, was, I was more of the stern, right? So um, you think about beginning where I, I gave the introduction, I was brought into doing hospitality. Um, that was a little bit of a leap, right? Because I was, I was more stern than what you see me here. I was pretty quiet. Um, I'm not a small guy. So um, I may have I may have a little bit of an impact for people coming up to the door right to where they may be a little concerned about walking into this church and they may be a little concerned about what's going to happen. Um, so uh, this that this piece of being joyful, I think, it is difficult in and of itself. Right. So everybody's going through things. Everybody's dealing with stuff. Um, and whether that's external forces, the the things at work, the things in your family, things um, going on around you, or internally with your health or or different things that are going on with that, it's hard to maintain joy, Um, and so that particular message stuck with me as far as um, not only do we have to be joyful, but we also should be maintaining a happy countenance. We should be showing that joy, right? That joy should be evident on us, and that's kind of what um not only if the Bible says directly, uh, they shall know me because of how you love one another, but they should also know us because of how we look, that we're different, right? We sh- we should be different. We should be set apart um from from the world. I mean and, and that's that's becoming, I think, both easier and more difficult at the same time, right? As the world goes farther and further away from anything, especially in our country, anything that resembles um scripture, the Bible, anything that's that is along those lines. Um it, it's, almost, it's almost a challenge for us to, to be even more separate. right? So separate not only from the things of the world, but separate how the world behaves and how they, they, they go about doing things. Um, so uh, we're, some practical application as we close, it's a little bit early, so um, I was, was concerned I was gonna go long. So we'll, we'll have a couple extra minutes before, uh, before main service starts. But practical applications, right? So t- aspects of service, there's two of them that we focused on here, the outward and the inward. Right? The outward is what is seen and done, and the inward is the heart and motivation for what we do. Okay? So we also talk about the importance of obedience, and and obedience being what we've commanded to do, and knowing that what we've been commanded is just the bare minimum, and that we're actually expected to go a a bit beyond that. Okay? And we also cover the importance of diligence and faithfulness in serving. Right? So... Um, being consistent, being uh, being faithful, so always being there. Or I specifically referenced being there when the doors are open. Then, um, then we talked about uh, mindful of the heart. Right, we need to have motivation of love. We should not forget. Um, we should not forget that because of the love that's been shown towards us. And then the last thing we talked about was uh, maintaining a spirit of humility and joy while we serve. Um, so I, I kind of talked about a little bit going into hospitality, right? And I, uh, the way I started, I started going in saying, I'll, I'll just be the administrator guy. I'll just be that guy who's doing, you know, the documentation, the coordination, the back end, and quickly found myself standing in front of the doors, opening the doors and that kind of thing. And um, not only did the Lord take that and use that to change me, um, not just at church, but across the board. Um, but it, the importance, the importance of that was also not lost on me, right? So people coming into church, especially visitors, first-timers, that's their first experience. Or maybe that's their second experience, and their first experience was not very good. Um, everybody generally has, or at least for the most part, maybe it's changing a little bit now, but everybody has some experience with church growing up, or they used to. Um, and most of them aren't in church for what they think are really good reasons, right? Whether that was bad experience in the church, um, bad experience in the home, in church, or, or those kind of things. Um, and so I really, I I kind of adopted that position, um, because of its importance, I think, you know, being able to share that, being able to be the first person, get them in the door. I'm not necessarily the best person at sharing the gospel per se, but I can get them to people who can. That's what I can do, right? So being able to do what you can do, I think is important. So with that, I hope that's a challenge. It was a challenge to me. I hope that helps you, and with that, let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you for this day, we thank you for this lesson, we thank you for the truths that we find in your word, uh, and we thank, thank you for the convicting ability um, that your word has, regardless of who we are, where we've been, what we've experienced, uh, uh, or what, what plans you have for us, the word is convicting, the word um, is applicable to everybody uh, in different ways from from a single passage, Lord, we thank you for Um, the awesomeness of your word. We thank you for um, the love that you show to us. We thank you for the the love of your son um, and and his sacrifice on the cross, Lord. Uh, We thank you for this time that we've had, Lord. We thank you for the lesson that you provided. We ask you to um, help us to remember this, help us to apply this to our lives uh, as we move forward. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. amen.